Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today as we continue our Ennea Summer 2019 series. Today on the show is our fours, Matt, and a different Marissa. I know it's confusing that we have three Marissa and a four Marissa. One of them has two S's in their name if it matters to you at all. But this is the Enneagram four Marissa, different than the one you listened to on Thursday with Nick as our threes. Singing to us in the background, the music is from our good buddy, Mr. Ryan O'Neill, also known as Sleeping at Last. And this is the music from the Enneagram 4 song. Make sure you take time and listen to the song, read the lyrics. It, it'll really help you to better, even better understand um, our Enneagram 4s. And by the way, for all of these songs, Ryan also has a podcast and a lengthy podcast for each song about why he wrote the lyrics he did, why he used the instruments he did. And Enneagram expert Chris Hewitt also talks a little bit about each number. So I think that would be really helpful for you if you want another deep dive. Our fours today are two of my dear friends here at Crosspoint Church. Matt and Marissa have both worked here a while. And, and there are only um, two of our nine Ennea Summer 2019 number shows where the people knew each other ahead of time. And this is one of those. Matt and Marissa are already friends. I think you're going to love hearing that dynamic play out as well. But first, our friend, your Enneagram coach, Beth McCord, is here to tell us a little bit about an overview of our four. So here's Beth. All right, Beth McCord, you're back with us. I'm Let's back. talk about Enneagram Fours. So we can follow you at your Enneagram Coach. Your Enneagram is where we find you and all your resources are there. Absolutely. Brilliant. Okay, oh, get them. Give me the overview of our sweet Enneagram Fours. Yeah. I'm so tender toward fours. Oh, t- uh, type fours. Yeah, we love them. They're the deep emotional types uh, yeah. that have really a tsunami of emotions. And so what we want to understand about them is they know all of their emotions and then some. So let's go into the core fear. The fear is that they are, they would be common Mm. or, you know, just like everyone else, not original, that they will be emotionally cut off, plain Mm. and mundane. So like, they're not going to want to be in a uniform with everyone else, you know, like they want to stand out because their desire is to be unique, authentic, and to find their true self and display it for the world to see. Mm -hmm. Um, Now their core weakness is envy. And where envy comes from is they feel that there's something fundamentally or tragically flawed within them. Mm Think of uh, us all being a puzzle and they have this missing piece right in the middle. You know how like you're doing a puzzle and like you get to the end and it's like, oh my gosh, what? Where's this missing piece? Because it kind of like ruins the whole moment. That's what they feel about themselves, that there's something missing. But then they look at everyone else and they think, well, they have it all together and they're great. And so what they're thinking is everyone else has this beautiful puzzle put together, but not them. So they want to have something unique and different to stand out so that maybe you'll love them for that uniqueness. Mm, And so there's this deep desire of what they long for is to be seen and known for exactly who they are. And the cool thing is, is who knows that better than God himself, right? right? And so they feel very misunderstood. And yet the very person that understands them more than they understand themselves absolutely loves them, cherishes them for who they are. Right. So what is the gift that fours bring to us? Oh man, emotions. And yes. I, and, and, I, and a lot of people might go, what? Like that, they have a lot of, I'm like, yes, we want all of those emotions. The thing that we're hoping for fours is that they have balance in those emotions. And a lot of people will take that as, oh, you should have less emotions. No, we're not saying less. We're saying balanced mm. because we want all of those emotions. Where they're the best is when you're suffering or grieving, they are the best people to sit with. They will really? sit with you all day or however long you need it. 
so that you feel cared for, just like they care for their own emotions. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't bother. Actually, they love it. Yeah. They don't ever rush me out of sadness or joy for that matter. They yeah. don't rush me out of any my of feeling. Yeah. yeah. Any of the feelings. And so they can really stay with you in any of the moments. And it's just such a beautiful place to be because not everyone's going to be willing to do that. I know I'm one of the optimists. And right. it's like, hey, you have a problem? Let's talk positive about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Let me reframe it for you. <laughs> yes. This is great. And that's just not where we need to be when we're grieving or suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think they have a beautiful gift to just be with you. Yeah. And what do you think, what, like, what will we hear in this conversation with them? What should we listen for at least? Yeah. Listen for deep seated emotions, um, tenderness, um, in regards to other people's emotions. It'll be interesting, the interplay between the two of them. They know each other. This is one of the only shows where the people before we sat down together, have known each other. So they're going to have even more empathy for one another because they really do know each other. And you're probably going to hear like a spill or a cascade of emotions um, throughout. But also listen for maybe they feel defective or flawed or they have this uh, deep-seated shame. Mm. And does someone else have what they don't have? But also listen for how they have unique giftings in creativity. And it's not just like painting. It's like any kind of creativity, Mm -hmm. depth, healing, insights, creativity, and the sense of imagination and longing for what could be. So, all right, here we go. Let's enjoy this conversation. You guys are going to love it between our Enneagram fours, Matt and Marissa. First of all, let's talk about that. You both this morning or at some point today said you are sick and unable to do this. That's what? Perpetually a true statement. Why? I mean, my heart's always sick. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Will you, mm-hmm. uh, Marissa, you first and then Matt, yeah. will y'all introduce yourselves okay. and say what you do? So my name is Marissa and I um, am the Nashville campus coordinator at Crosspoint. Okay. Very yeah. nice. Welcome. Thank you for coming all the way to my <laughs> office today. Thank you. I am uh, Matt and I am the Crosspoint director of ideation. Oh, what does that mean? I mean, it means it means that you make all my sermons better. That's it means start. that I'm a four, and everybody just needs. to I was to like, be I'm already really, fouring out. Yeah, <laughs> tread lightly around me because I might emotionally pop at any moment. So that is not true. Did both of y'all take bring notes with you? Yes. Yeah. Also, I uh, kind of I stay on Pinterest pretty much all the time, so yeah. it just it keeps all the ideas flowing. Really? I, I operate with a lot of distractions. Like whenever I'm like creating, whether it's like video or something like that, like it actually kind of weirds people out the amount of stuff I will have going on, yeah. like, you know, music in the background, a movie on the television, you know, Pinterest, and also I'm editing You're always video doing multiple over here. Things. It's really weird. Are you that way, Marissa? Are you a multitasker like that? No, I'm a focused four. Like, ah, I have okay. to kind of zero in. It's sort of like when in health I become that one that kind of can really accomplish something. Mm-hmm. So for me, I can't have too many distractions. I work really well in silence. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you know which way you wing? Five. What do you know? Which way you wing? Same. Five. I just that's stepped so into five. Y'all are so real. When I you walked in here, <laughs> just stepped in. <laughs> Glad to meet you. Five. No, I thought I was a three for the longest time, um, but I just reread something in the Road Back to You, and I was like, I'm a five. Yeah. I wing five. So yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. me what you wanted to be when you were a kid. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> my kids. We're talking about all of that right now, and they are overwhelmed that I wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. So literally, just this weekend, we were riding in the car and we were talking about it, and my oldest was like, "You want to be an astronaut? You should still go do that." And I was like, "You know, Daddy's forty-one, and <laughs> there's a lot of math, a lot of, and and then there's also, you know, 
I would probably be 70 by the time they would actually let me go into yeah. space. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to, I don't know. Why? What was it about space? I don't know. That's uh, that's even still today, like a part of my, I'm just fascinated. Like I'll, I'll any, any movie about space, whether it's, you know, like very real space, like mm-hmm. all the stuff that's, you know, current right now about Apollo and just bringing that back to the forefront of culture. I love all that. Yeah. Loved First Man. Um, but even like Interstellar and stuff that's, you know, borderline, not, not, you know, weird sci-fi, but like the stuff that is in that niche of like, this could actually be like anything space. I've just always been kind of enamored with. And so, yeah. Okay. what do you want to be, Marissa? So part-time veterinarian, part-time Broadway performer in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) And when we met, you were performing. We met on a tour where you were performing. Yep. Are there a lot of fours on stages? Is that part of a thing? Yeah. So there are actually a lot of fours. They... A lot of them wing three, funny enough, mm-hmm. um, as performers um, kind of being able to put on that role to, in yeah. any situation. Um, but there are a lot of uh, creative minds that are all in the theater world. And I think it's, you know, it's funny. I heard somewhere where it said, like, sometimes if fours are in another room together, they sort of side eye each other. Not me. Like, I am a total, like, you're my people. You get me. You understand oh, me. Wow. Come be around me. Like, yeah. I feel most for and like happiest when I'm around other fours, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think in the world of performing, you find a lot of those creative souls and we all just kind of connect on yeah. many four levels. <laughs> it seems like fours often that my, my, some other friends of mine beside y'all who are fours will often say to me, they don't like the Enneagram mm. or they don't like being told <laughs> they're a four. They don't want to be a part of this. Yep. yep. What made y'all and or have you even embraced? You've embraced your fourness enough that you let me drag you on here. But sure. have you even embraced compensation? Yeah, that's right. You're getting paid massively. Wait, you're getting paid? Yeah. <laughs> what? So Matt, what makes you even interested in the enneagram, or makes you come around this? Hmm. Well, you know, we did enneagram as a part of like a staff development thing here uh-huh. at Crosspoint, and uh, had a guy, uh, a friend of Drew Powell's, came in. Seth uh, spent a lot of time with him. Enneagram. I mean, it's still pretty. I'm still pretty new to it. Like I'm not like you were saying. I vibe with other fours in the room. I, I, I can't tell who anybody is ever, mm. you know. Mm. Spent time with Seth. He categorized me as a four, you know, really before I read any literature about it. I had a lot of great things to say. He just talked with you through it. Yeah. And y'all kind of went like, oh, I bet I'm a four. Yeah, and, and it yeah. was kind of like, I don't know if he was withholding literature from me, but it was, <laughs> you know, um, so it wouldn't be self-defeating. But, uh-huh. you know, whenever he said that, and then I went and read the four. Honestly, yeah, I mean, it's there's a part of it that, you know, your soul kind of dies a little bit whenever you read that truth about yourself. But I mean, it was, it was because it makes you like other people or because of how it makes you feel. Yeah. Because it really just reflected a truth that I think I've dealt with for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's that there's this part of me that feels like there's this uniqueness or giftedness that is set apart, but is constantly in a state of, I'm in opposition to that. Like I'm in a constant state of being opposition to how I'm hardwired as a four because I realized that, I mean, it's not a, hey, everybody's special, everybody, you know, and it's not like that that cheesy elementary school version of that, but truly, like, there's not something about me that is so unique and set apart that I am not like my friend Marissa sitting next to me or my friend Annie, you know, sitting across the table from me, you know what I mean? So I live in this constant state of trying to suppress the very thing that makes me a four. Oh my gosh. And Marissa's just like nodding like crazy. Does that all feel true to you <laughs> I'm too? I'm just going to let Matt talk. Uh, yeah. So I think there's a, a beautiful tension that fours kind of hang in is that um, 
you do kind of relate to this feeling of uniqueness or this feeling of um, specialness. It's not even a word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. You're welcome. But I think the tension is that um, there's also the statement that really kind of drew me in was um, I felt like I've never belonged. Mm -hmm. So it's a specialness, but it's not something that like, to me, I see as like, oh, this sets me apart. It's more like, oh man, I'll never belong. So it's this tension that you kind of have to hang in of like, you see the beauty that God gave you. You see that, you know, these gifts that he's given you, but then you're also like, but do I really belong? So it's this tension of knowing that you were kind of created to be this way, but at the same time, just feeling like, why can't I be like mm. everyone else? It's really strange. Is it easier the older you get? I mean, I think for me, like the older I get, the, <laughs> the less I've stopped caring. <laughs> yeah. Does that and, seem true for you? Does it? Or, or more so that I know who I belong to now mm. than when I was younger and kind mm -hmm. of searching. Yeah. And because of that, um, it's not so much as a panic of like, oh, I, I just, I don't belong. There's no way. Instead, it's like, I know who I belong to and that's what matters the most. Yeah. Therefore, I can belong in this group because yeah. who I belong to has changed me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, to what Marissa's saying, you know, that idea of belongness, like I, I didn't struggle with that as much as I did the who I am and my identity, like what that was attached to. Mm -hmm. Like that was probably my biggest thing for a long time, you know, is... In your 20s or 30s or... Oh, yeah, all yeah. of that. I mean, honestly, I can think all the way back to, you know, even even grade school, you yeah. know, is okay. I'm only as good as either the last design or the last video or the last, you know, cool idea or the last oh, wow. thing I did for you or for the organization or, you know what I mean, for whatever yeah. team I'm serving on, like the thing that I did identified me more than the person I was created to be. Mm. And so that was something, um, you know, that when you ask the question, has it, have you grown sort of accustomed or okay with it as you've gotten older? I know that I have, but I think I've just, I love how God's created me. Yeah. I mean, I really, and, and part of that, I mean, for me, it's twofold. It's, You'll probably hear my kids and a lot of my question, my answers and responses. Yeah. Like becoming a dad has just, I mean, it's reframed so much yeah. in my life. And so that's a big part of it. And then just the... And what's the, Holly? What's Holly's number? Your wife? She is a one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So again, I'm not super up on everything about Enneagram. Like I don't know if fours like really vibe with ones or... Everybody like, can vibe with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. but... Um, but I would say for me too, I mean, the the people that I serve with and the people that I serve, you know, for, I don't know, there's just, there's the last several years, you know, probably the last five or six years, there's just, I just feel very um, safe mm. and very, like people want. In work, you felt that. In work. Even like in the transition at it's church. It's really not, it's, it, it has just really ceased to become the thing that I'm offering, the talent, wow. the skill, the tradecraft, you know, whatever that is. Um, and it's really just, it's really for me transitioned into, I just feel like people just want me around for who I am. Mm. And, uh, man, I never knew freedom like that, wow. you know, years ago. And it's, uh, uh, it's overwhelming. So I, you know, my days are just, I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel pretty selfish. My days are pretty light and airy and just filled with a lot of joy because I just, I'm able to bop in and out of conversations or tasks or new ideas and stuff like that. And I just don't feel this overwhelming weight of if I don't deliver, I'm going to lose value. And for mm -hmm. me, it's never been about losing value in an organization or, 
you know, positional right. or anything like that because I don't have the achiever side. I have the whatever the five is. It's the investigator. Investigator. Yeah. yeah. It's it's always about relational equity with me. Ah, okay. So I I you know when I think about fear, my fear is that I'm going to, you know, drop a couple of notches in whatever our relational, you know, mm. value system is. Yeah. You know. So. What's your fear, Marissa? Fear, what am I afraid of? Yeah. Snakes. Um, no, okay, legit. <laughs> like things that crawl. <laughs> I'm right. them. Things that yeah, crawl. Yeah, retweet that. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's it's pretty interesting, uh, but I think for me is uh, being unseen or unheard, and I think being unknown is pretty big for me, or being mm. abandoned, which I'm okay, sure. being unseen, unheard, unheard, unknown, abandoned. Yeah. Um, wow. I think the abandonment is pretty deep. Nothing that, I mean, I have the best parents in the world, so it's nothing that happened in my childhood. Yeah. And actually Suzanne Stabile says it is yeah. significantly more nature than nurture, yeah, like absolutely. massively more nature than nurture. Um, but I think for me, um, just having the relationship that I have now with God, those are easier to see because I mm. know again who I am mm-hmm. seen by, who I am heard by. But I could say on a like, earthly relationship, if I'm in friendship with someone and um, like I'll present an idea, like just be sensitive with that. Because if I feel unseen or unheard, then more than likely it's going to turn to kind of like, (laughs) if I'm unhealthy, a rabbit hole of like, they don't like me, I'm abandoned. And now I'm going to go to McDonald's or something like that, you know what I mean? Versus like, I'm saying like, I see you, you know, I hear you. And then moving from there. But I think my fear probably would be like, you're isolated, you're unseen, you're unheard, mm-hmm. you're not known, and then it's just like abandoned. Yeah. Like if you really knew the foreign me, are you gonna abandon me? Like if you really knew. Oh wow. Yeah. That's probably what I'm afraid of. And yeah. snakes. We'll I get, always go back to <laughs> snakes. <like> snakes. <laughs> but what is the vice of a four? What's the envy and melancholy it says? Mm-hmm. So how does that play out? Yeah, we got to interview Ian, you know, not uh-huh. too long ago. And you know, Ian really set me free Good. too, just in you know, just kind of saying, you know, hey, when you read all this stuff about Enneagram, like it's a, it's a roadmap, but it's not like the only path. Right. Like it, it's, right. it's, yeah. it helps you understand yourself, but it's, it, it in no way is trying to say that man, this is who you are, even if right. you don't vibe with it, like you're just avoiding the truth. Yeah. So that was really great. So, I mean, there's a few things whenever I read most of the descriptions and stuff about fours that, and again, it might just be because of age and just kind of where I'm at season of life. Like I don't. Um, you had mentioned something. Which, uh, what was it? You said melancholy. I think I yeah, actually melancholy and, and envy are kind of two. Melancholy is interesting for me because that's where I go to for inspiration. Like ah, I invite cool. melancholy in. Like I love rainy days. Yeah. I love. That's when I want to sit at the window. Like I don't yeah. need vitamin D. I just actually need rainfall. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll put on. Agree. You know, 100% agree. The moodiest soundtrack. Yeah. And for whatever reason, like that's my that's my creative zen. Yeah. And then Yeah, just, and that's y'all's fixation. So that is where you go. Yeah. Your passion or your uh struggle point is envy. Yeah. So that's the thing where I actually when when Seth tagged me as a four and I read that, I was like, you know, for whatever reason, I don't I don't feel like that describes me anymore. It may oh, have in a past life, okay. but you know, the this idea that, you know, simple pleasures in life or things things that, you know, people are able to feel contented with force typically cannot. Right. Uh, again, it might just be the kids. It might be just season of life. But I, I feel really content and really yeah. simple things that are in my life, but not things that I see in in other people's Instagram life. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm super content right now. Yeah. And you know I pray that that season continues. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel this uh, this envy toward things that I perceive other people either have or have figured out. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think you're right. You hit on the head with life season. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely say that envy is my my kind of go-to. And it's not so much that like you have this, I want it, like coveting, but more along the lines of like, oh gosh, what's wrong with me that that hasn't been fulfilled? Okay, why am I the first one to cry? Come on. He thought about it a minute ago. He thought about it. It's because I said it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that's what it is. Um, Yeah. But the melancholy, I think, is so important because that's where I find beauty too, Mm -hmm. and I can sit in it. It doesn't, like, I don't, it doesn't rule me. It doesn't, you know, bring me into depression. Like melancholy isn't depression. And I think that's where so many people get it confused. I think of the movie, what's it? In and out. Is, mm-hmm. is, uh, that's a burger place. Too, inside but out. Inside, inside out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really want burgers. Um, <laughs> Animal style. <laughs> yeah. that's right. <laughs> but I think of those characters like joy and sadness. Yes. And how they were like best friends and how, um, I think that's why we like each other so yes, much too. Cause much. we pull this out in each other too. Pretty yeah, much. I think so too. But I think about sadness, like I can sit in it and be okay. And I, that's what I love about being a four is that I can also sit with friends who don't know yes. how to sit through sadness yes. mm-hmm. and not try to fix it, but just you sit here and so say, I'm, I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. So I definitely uh, struggle with envy and the fact that there are, but I think there are some unfulfilled uh, desires of my heart that I know God put there that just haven't happened, that I am okay if they're not written in my story, but it does, the envy does rear his ugly head sometimes and and kind of say like, hey, God, what's wrong with me that... Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't have that. It's interesting too. Like <laughs> I, I remember a Ben Fold song years ago and he had this line in there and he's probably not how he had intended it, but the line was like all alone in my white boy pain. Uh-huh. And it just reminded me like, I always resonated with that because I was just like, how can I be artistic? And I, my parents are still married, you know, yeah. we, I've, I've, you know, we weren't rich, but I never, I, I never wanted for any, you know, like I don't have this, I don't have deep loss in my life. I don't have yeah. all of these the sadnesses, you know, to draw yeah. the artistic, the traumas that yeah. that some people would assume fours experience. And so, yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's the reason that I invite melancholy in. It's just like I have to force myself to, uh-huh. you know, like have this uh, glint of sadness in order to have an artistic thing to offer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because my background is beautiful, but it is as safe and as vanilla as it could possibly get. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's not it's not an artist's biography whatsoever. Tell know? me what y'all know about God that I don't know about God. Tell me what he's like to you that I, mean, I don't you just, see. You just jumped. I mean, you just went, no. uh, that went deep fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fours. I can go as deep as I uh, want to. Y'all yeah, are going to yeah, go yeah. with me. I think one thing I really love about him that I found is that, like, he is a creative God. And I love that because there's beauty in everything that he does. And I, I get to be a part of that. Like as a four, I feel like my eyes are really awakened to beauty. And I love that. Yeah. But it can come in all forms. And um, he's really spoke to me over the last year and just saying like, hey, I'm a creative God. I created you creatively yeah. and specifically. Yeah. So celebrate that. I'm sure you know that about God, though. So that's no, a, that's, that's a tricky no, no, question. No, 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 no. That's great. <laughs> and then I also think this sentence, it, it sounds... um kind of cheesy, but like you always hear like, oh, you're a daughter of the king. And and recently he said, no, you're a daughter of the king, not a king, Mm. the king. And for me, that just landed so heavy on my heart to think that um, someone would label me daughter, an intimate term, that he is an intimate God and he craves intimacy with us, that he would label us uh, a very intimate term. 
Um, so yeah, I've kind of learned that he's creative and intimate and, um, that he is constantly there and, uh, all I have to do is reach. That's Mm -hmm. all I have to do. I don't have to have specific, beautiful prayers. I don't have to have this or that. And that he makes me significant, but he also is who I am. Mm -hmm. Like he created me to be the Marissa that I am. And uh, I kind of love that Mm -hmm. because it makes me feel wanted, not abandoned. It makes me feel seen. It makes me feel heard. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Uh, the thing that yeah, so you got real that, serious looking at your iPad. Did you get did you get teary? No, no, no. I was just looking down, thinking like I something popped in my head, and I was like, yeah, but that's that's from a long time ago. But as I was sitting here thinking, I was like, it, it's the it's it's this one statement that uh, a mentor of mine, uh, Jason, said to me years ago. You know, as I at a very young age was probably already struggling with this whole identity thing. Like, is my yeah. identity in who who I am in Christ, or is my identity in all of these creative things that everyone? loves to get from me, you know, and, um, just struggling with, with where to, where to offer that and and what's my purpose and where am I going to go and what's the plan and, and worrying about, okay, I'm worried about those things. And where is, where is God in that worry? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he just said this thing that, I mean, what, 25, 30 years later, I mean, it's just stuck with me. And it's, you know, if, you know, if you want God's will for your life, you know, how much more does he want that for you? Mm. You know, and just the fact that Gosh, I can't, I, I can't out, out mm. want his will for my life. And that was, again, it was such a, it, freedom doesn't even really come close to, I mean, it was just that exhale of, I don't, I really don't have to worry. I mean, I really, really don't like, and from that point forward, I, I've got this sort of that idea. Ignorance is a little bit of bliss. Mm-hmm. Like I have a hard time recalling a lot of things from the past, and I'm mm-hmm. not super future oriented. Like I can help come up with like some specific ideas for things for the future, but I'm kind of just really very present. And I don't know if that's yeah. a fourth thing, but almost to a fault where I can't remember. My wife gets so frustrated. I can't remember. You know what are the kids doing this weekend? Yep. You know, or what? You know what just happened last? I mean. I, it is so hard for me to recall both those things. Yeah. But I think what she would even say that she loved, I'm just very present. Mm-hmm. Like, and in that, in that moment as a four, like I want all the feelings I want. I want all the conversations. I want all the moments to coalesce like mm-hmm. in the present, mm-hmm. you know? And so that, that statement of, you know, if you want God's plan, you know, for your future, how much more does he want it? Mm-hmm. Just I can't. It just really unlocked that sense of I can really just live in the now mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. So good. You know, I think also that being present thing, you do that really well, and I would say that's also um, just a good human being, <laughs> not just yeah, a poor thing, but true. like a good human being can really like stay in that present. And yeah. So that's really cool. Well, yeah, I'll say the past thing. I'm very, I've sort of, I've, I've put that to bed. Like I'm okay not not like really, photos, it's so great living in this day and age because I mean at any point in time I can just go back and really pull up any moments that we've experienced as a, as a family, you know, right. and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's been some times where I wish I was a little bit more future oriented mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, any, I mean, simple things, whether it's financial planning, whether it's, you know, just life planning with my family, you know, just whatever those things are. I have to really have a, a, a good friend or someone like look at me, you know, and say, hey, you need to you need to do these things, mm. you know, or you need to consider like, you know, what's next or what, you know, where are the kids going to be five years from now? Like I, to a fault, I can just sometimes live a little too, bit too much in the present, but mm. I don't know. It's just 
again, at, at being 41, like I've also just kind of embraced how God's wired me. You know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. I can I can puddle jump out of that for uh-huh. a little bit of while, yeah. but I mean, I'm very quickly right back into the mainstream of yeah. living kind of presently. Yeah. I would say I'm a mixture of present and past. I do say the like, what ifs. Um, mm. It's not necessarily regret, mm-hmm. but I do have the like, what if I had gone to veterinarian school instead of, or what if I had stayed in that relationship or... But I don't let myself go too far down that rabbit hole. Sure. Uh, the the investigator doesn't kick in too much on that, <laughs> I should say. But I am good at staying in the present, but mainly because I like to focus in on what I'm doing at the time. However, um, I do catch myself doing past and maybe even a little future. Mm. But yeah, I, I would say like present is best. I'm also better like one-on-one present than like a lot of people. Right, right. If that makes sense. Hey, friends, just interrupting our Enneagram 4s to tell you a little bit about our sponsors today. Thanks so much to Flamingo for being one of our sponsors. You guys, I am absolutely loving my Flamingo razors. Being that it is swim season and being that we're outside and wearing shorts and all the things, your favorite hairs or your least favorite hairs and this relationship is going to change for you this summer. Being in the water makes everything else melt away, but even body hair is totally normal and sometimes getting in a bathing suit requires a lot of legwork beforehand. See what we did there? I know you like that. This time of year, women rely pretty heavily on razors. And if being totally hairless is going to help them get in the water and enjoy that amazing floaty feel, so be it. So whether you're traveling, living in a small town or a big city, this can be your best shave summer ever. Flamingo makes body care for women with hair. It's a great razor, shave gel, and body lotion that really works. And I love it because Flamingo was started by a group of women at Harry's, which is a men's shaving brand, who realized they were only using men's razors because there wasn't an option that felt right for them. You guys, you should be out there having fun this summer. And while hair removal can be a chore, and that's okay, but the Flamingo shave set makes shaving more enjoyable than ever. I promise. I have loved mine. I've been using mine for a couple of months and I absolutely love it. It's a $22 value, but for you, it's $16 and it ships for free, which is awesome and so easy. And your whole routine is in this one Flamingo shave set in the reusable pouch. It's the parts you skimp on, like the shave gel, the exfoliating lotion. They even include a shower holder that actually holds your razor. Can I get an amen? The Flamingo Shave Set is the talk of town these days, you guys. It's been in Vogue, Glamour, That Sounds Fun podcast, you know, all the places. So make sure you try the Flamingo Shave Set this summer. Again, it's a $22 value that you can get for $16 with free shipping when you visit shopflamingo.com slash Annie. Again, that's shopflamingo.com slash Annie. Speaking of summer, you guys have heard me talk about already. I love our sponsor, Miracle Suits. Okay, so summer is officially here, and I am loving my Miracle Suits out by my condo pool when I am going to the lake with friends. It is awesome. And they are super high-quality, beautiful control swimsuits that really flatter all body types. MiracleSuit.com makes it so easy to find the perfect swimsuit as well. First of all, their fit guide takes all the guesswork out of figuring out which suit will look best for you. For example, they will recommend swimsuits that either accentuate your bust or give you tummy control or complement your long torso. And then you can try them on in the comfort of your own home, which is actually a dream because there's also free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. I love my MiracleSuit.com swimsuits, and I think you guys will too. And right now, you can get 20% off by ordering through my special landing page. Remember, it's only our friends who get this deal. It's MiracleSuit.com slash 
That sounds fun. And let me know your favorite styles. You can, you know, you can always find me on Instagram, Twitter, all the places, and tell me your favorite style. So don't wait, you guys. Go to my special URL, miraclesuit.com slash that sounds fun. Again, miraclesuit.com slash that sounds fun. Now that we've talked about summer, let's go back to our friends, Matt and Marissa. Tell me what people say to you that makes you feel really loved. I see you. I get you. Yeah. I I see you, I think, was the biggest thing someone said to me recently. And it was like every four sensor in my body, like, just exploded of delight. Can you say the context? Yeah. What what happened? So um, I was uh, actually planning baptisms for our church. and. A lot of what I do in there is task-driven. It's not too um, people-oriented. And Mm -hmm. even day of, I'm doing a lot of, like, um, production side running of it versus – and by production, I mean I'm on a headset talking to – Talking to Matt right now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They are talking to each other. So I don't get a lot of interaction with the people too much. I Uh get to see it a little bit, but I'm mainly focused on running the day. And so because of that, um, sometimes I can feel isolated or like not a part of it, or I'll even slip into uh, Big Brother Mm. (laughs) mode or like Martha, like, man, I kind of am missing out on these lovely moments. Interesting. Um, Hmm. And uh, Christina Barnes, who I work with and who we love, uh, she walked by me and she goes, hey, I see you. Mm. And I don't know why, but it just made me feel so known in that moment. Like, I see what you're doing and it matters. And it may feel like to you that it is Martha instead of Mary. It may feel like like that, but like, I see you. Yeah. Or one time someone else came up to me and they had known me for five minutes. They were like, hey, I get you. Yeah. I get you. <laughs> and I was like, you do? It was, it's almost <laughs> like they're inviting me in to belong, <laughs> to be a part of them. And I'm just right. like, Oh, you get it. But yeah, then, as yeah. a four, you're like, but I'm special, so you, but you really actually don't. don't yeah, you me. totally don't. Well, I go to the, I get you. Oh, oh, yay! But if you knew the real me, you wouldn't get me. You yeah, know that's yeah. right. That's right. That's what people when they tell me. I want you to answer in a second. But when they tell yep. me, I can't figure it out. I think I'm none of them. I'm like, that's sweet. You're a four. You know. <laughs> and that's why I have notes because one of the things is like we we feel like we're always trying to ha- explain ourselves or misunderstood. So I'm like, Marissa, write your thoughts down so yeah. you don't have to explain yourself. Yes. Matt, what do you think? What do people say to you that makes you feel really loved? So I shared this uh, story with our staff that I think, um, I don't know, it it links back to like not just what people say to me, but kind of how I receive praise. And mm. going back to that original point of I really try to suppress this idea that there is a special or uniqueness, you know, to mm. to, to me. Yeah. Um, so whenever I was about uh, six or seven years old, I think I've decided that's how old I was. Um, I was working with my dad. My dad was working in the garage, and I just happened to be there with him. My dad's just very, you know, old school, you know, kind of blue collar guy, and you know, felt super loved. But it just there wasn't a lot of verbal, you know, exchange like that. So he was working on the garage doors, uh, and I can't remember what happened, but I like offered this probably very silly idea, and like I can remember where I was sitting. I can remember what color the, the garage door was. I can just remember every detail about it. And he just paused. He stopped in his tracks. And he just was like, you know what? That's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. And that, it's taken me a lot of years to reflect back on that interaction in that moment, like really describes what I need from other people, what I need to hear. It's not public praise yeah. because that feeds into 
that negative side of I'm special and unique. What I need is people that are inside the circle mm. that I know already see me. I just need to hear that that validation and that value from them of mm. not just, hey, that's a good idea, but just, you know, man, I love you for who you are. You yeah. know, all those things. I need that. I need locked eyes, you know, sitting knee to knee or whatever it is just to hear that or to hear the, hey, I think you've got, I think you've got something better. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, How did you communicate to Holly that that's what you needed in y'all's marriage? I How think she's going to listen to this podcast. and <laughs> <laughs> This will be the first time. No, no, no. I just think it's so interesting yeah. uh, to have a married person on as well. And so, like, I want to learn yeah. before I get married, how do I communicate my anniness yeah. and my needs to him really well? How did you communicate to Holly that that's the kind of stuff you needed? Well, I think... And I want to be able to listen. That yeah, sounds yeah, selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want him to get me. Well, certainly, you know, whenever we got... When, I mean, I know Enneagram has been around for a long time, but it, it wasn't a part of our vocabulary until like the last 12 sure, months, really. Sure. So, I mean, I think early on in our relationship, it was, you know, learning how to, learning how to you know, fight well or, you know, argue well. You know what I mean? Like... I think very quickly she realized that if there was if there was going to be some kind of conflict, like I actually wanted to I wanted to be in it. Yeah. And I wanted to I wanted to even if it even if I made mistakes in what I was saying, you know, even like I wasn't gonna leave until we had like hashed it out. Yeah. And I think that was that was a different experience than maybe what she had, hmm. you know, uh and growing up. Yeah. So I think that really sort of defined and we had to work through like what is it what does it look like to when there's conflict to actually just not go our separate ways and to like yeah. and I'm it, I'm sure it's something she wanted it was just you know until until you're married and those moments happen it's you know you really don't know you know we went through some great you know marriage counseling but I mean it still took time to realize that hey when those moments happen no, I actually want to sit here and even if it's going to take two or three days like we're going to sit here until it's it's kind of done. And I want to say yeah. all the things. And I think that definitely was a manifestation of me being a four of saying, no, I'm going to, I mean, this is going to be a roller coaster. Like, yeah. you know, we're going to feel like we're done with this, you know, moment. And then we're going to launch right back in. Like, we're going to, we're going to feel all of those things until we get to where we feel like we need to be. Yeah. So, you know, it probably, it definitely wasn't like me communicating, hey, this is what I need to hear from you. Mm-hmm. But it was more, you know, when the, uh, I had someone tell me one time, like, you know, whenever you step on an Oreo, like that's when the good stuff kind of squeezes out. Yeah. And it was like, you know, in those moments of tension, I think that's where we, you know, luckily in a in a mostly, you know, healthy and loving way, like that's where we learned, you know, how to communicate and what we needed to hear from each other. Yeah. And we're still, I mean, still yeah, learning. we're still learning that we always yeah, will be. I believe it. So, Marissa, why did him telling you, telling that story make you emotional? Ugh. Well, I've heard it before and I still cried. I think because, again, as he said, it's that um, connection. It's authentic. Um, and I know that word gets tossed around a lot, but um, I think as fours, and correct me if, if you don't feel the same way, but I, th- I think as fours, we're, we're really craving authenticity. Mm. Like, we don't want all the frou-frou. We don't right. want all the, we just want that one sentence that means the most from the person that we love. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to come with bells and whistles. It can be wow, that was a great idea. Mm-hmm. It's He's acknowledging his sons like in that moment saying like, hey, I see you, I get you. And that's mm-hmm. a really great idea. Mm-hmm. And to me, that brings up so much emotion because I can feel on that level like I totally get it. I totally yeah. get that when that one person who you love just looks at you and says like a simple little sentence, that is way more than like being lifted up in a public circle and saying yeah. like, Marissa is awesome. Right. Um, 
I don't know why I just sing it like that. I liked it. But (laughs) to me, like I can, I can forego all of that. But if the person sits down with me and they're like, Hey, you being here really means a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that means the world. I, um, most of the people doing these shows with me don't know each other. Y'all are only one of two numbers that are people that know each other. That's a lot of math. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite follow. Yes. <laughs> so you got the fours and the nines are the two sets of people yeah, yeah. who have a history before they sit down. Oh, nice. Um, the rest of them, it, it, the fun part is they don't know each other. Right. So the fun part here is y'all do know each other. Mm-hmm. So Marissa, will you talk about why Matt is so great to be friends with? Oh man. Um, so I think because you were doing it yesterday on yeah. stage at church, oh. and I was like, "Stop, stop, stop! <laughs> no, Do this tomorrow on the show." We should have recorded. Um, and see, this is exactly what I don't mind. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. But she's just talking straight to you, knee but to I knee. Look, that's right, knee face to knee, face to face. <laughs> look me in the eye. Um, no, to be honest, and this is the truth. Matt is so wonderful to work with um, because of that presentness that he has. Because he's always going to be authentic in who he is, and he is so good at balancing heart and strategy, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like he can make something so beautiful and still um, know how he got there, the process, the strategy, that's all there, but he balances it with an incredible heart for yeah, people. Yeah. I mean, even yesterday, and I, he's like not looking at me on purpose because he hates this <laughs> praise. But like even yesterday, we had people that would come up um, after service was over and be like, I need to get baptized. I need to get baptized. Well, instead of like really stressing about production or like this or that, instead he's like, hey, let's get um, let's get a, um, who was the singer? The uh, Paul. 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 Yeah. He was like, let's get Paul up there with his guitar. Let's create kind of a worship moment for these mm-hmm. people getting baptized. Mm-hmm. Let's invite others to be a part of this. So there is an incredible heart within Matt um, that I really love working with. Um, I also appreciate uh, the fact that like Matt is so um, inviting of other creative sources. He never takes credit for anything. There's a humbleness about this guy that is like, it's actually annoying. I wish I, I was this humble. Um, that was like a humble brag. I don't know what right. that was. I wish no, I but was seriously, too. he he is so humble. Um, we were working on a project around Easter and um, he was so kind. He invited me in because I don't get to flex my creative brain a lot. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, tell me what you think about this. And why don't you go ahead and and um, just start working on it? And so I was like, oh, he's letting me be a part of this. This is so yeah. cool. I belong. You know, it's yeah. like he knew. And even though like he went through and like had this specific vision, he allowed me to be a part of it because he knew that like bringing people into it was very valuable and, and bringing me into it as a friend was extremely valuable. And, um, yeah, I just say there's like a very big heart inside of this guy and, um, and he's incredibly humble and I'm going to stop right now because he's like, (laughs) is never going to talk to me again. Now you have to do the same for Marissa. (laughs) Yeah. Let me turn around. (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, it's, uh, it's overwhelming. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Marissa... It was I, all I, very true, by the way. Yeah. Mar- Marissa's ability to see people, I mean, just always floors me. Me too. And, um, I mean, just everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what Marissa said about, you know, this past weekend, I'll receive that. But at the same time, Marissa is able to do all those same things. And at the same time, like, find the person that actually she just... They need someone to talk to or they mm-hmm. need somebody to pray with mm-hmm. or they need someone to... A shoulder to cry on. And... I would start to say I'd love to be more in tune, but the reality is, you know, my last 10% for myself is I would love to have the courage, you know, to jump in and 
to usher in and allow more of those moments, you know, to yeah. kind of happen. I can insulate myself with the scale of what happens on Sundays at sure. Crosspoint sure. or the scale of, you know, a video shoot or, you know, just any of those things or projects mm-hmm. or, you know, moments. But, you know, Marissa uh, refuses to insulate herself from anybody and really everybody. Yeah. You know, I think whenever we talk at Crosspoint about everybody is welcome, a mantra like that would not be happening without a person like Marissa on staff. That's 100% true. You know, so, um, yeah, I just, over the years, I think that that is the thing that I probably have never verbally said to you. I know I haven't. But um, your ability, while you might need other people to see you, what you're doing for everybody else is you are showing everybody that they are seen and they are valued. So, don't start crying now. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? How dare really, Andy's doing it to both of us. So <laughs> yes, after, how it's dare over, you? after it's over, the price over. just doubled. Yeah, that's right. Um, I will tell you, Marissa, he could not be more true out in the lobby watching you. And I and this was true when we were on the road together seven, six years ago. Uh, you are, if there's someone hurting or if I know there's someone looking for a connection at church, I bring them right to you. Yeah, absolutely. And you immediately... You treat them out of the place. It's just what he said. You treat them out of the spot of, if I want to be seen, I will see you first. And that is like so generous. And the kind words that she would have for me as a friend for many years, it would be matched with the kind words that she would have for someone she just met five minutes ago. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, and I don't say that. I mean, that's not true. Yeah. What, I mean, but, but I mean, she would, her she ability would find, to value yes, people that's right, that's in, right. in an instant is, yeah. is special. Yeah. And Matt, I get to do the same to you because mm-hmm. Thank you. I have spoken on stages. I bet I can't. I can't count how many times I've spoken on stages. Uh, it, it'd be weird to do that, but I will tell you, I have a handful of things I'll never forget. And how hard you behind the scenes work to to make the Sundays roll well here, and how much you work to make sure what we communicate actually gets to people. When you came and hugged me after the nine o'clock, when I taught on the prodigal son and his brother, I'm like. That's the pinnacle for me. That means I did it. And I'm like, I will never, that meant everything to me. Because I thought if Matt feels like I did that kind of work, I can walk because, so yeah, I'll never forget it. So, okay. Well, now, you you know who I didn't cry with? The sevens (laughs) or the ones. Just invited me here to just have a cry fest today, ladies. Yeah, apparently, ladies. I thought this was oh. more like an NPR kind of thing where we're just nice and quiet and, you know. When have I ever wore ugly been sweaters those and... together? I can be nice or I can be quiet. You're probably not getting them together. Sure, <laughs> statement probably... has never been. Yeah, that's probably but not. That's what I and love then about Jenna you. walks over with the box of tissues, yeah, that, which she has not had to do with another Enneagram interview. So oh, we are well, special. Welcome to four. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was curious. That's right. Watch um, that movie. I may not cry, but I sure will make you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, make sure you get to do it. Okay, so I would love to know something you're really proud of hmm. about being you in connection with being a four. What are you really proud of? Yeah, I mean, it's it would be hard for me to talk about anything other than my kids in that moment. Yeah. You know, I think... They're so uh, cute. I just, you know, I think when I, when I tell that story about my dad, I mean, you know, what's super true about it now, and when you asked about fear earlier, the one note I did make is my fear answer is really pre and post kids, right? Mm, Okay. I mean, my fears were all for myself Uh before kids. And, you know, after kids, I mean, it's hard for some of your fears not to transition, Mm. you know, and become about them. Sure. At least in this moment and in this season, like I feel proud that, I, you know, 
my kids are um, adopting the fourness in me that feels like the healthy side of it. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of being very present. I mean, it's hard for kids not to be, right? I mean, so. But naming their emotions. Yeah. And, yeah. and really, you know, feeling like, luckily, you know, with things like the Enneagram, like being self aware enough to know, like, hey, even as I'm dealing with my children, like that's the unhealthy side of being a four. You know, and but there are there are very healthy things about me being a four and whatever whatever they turn out being, you yeah. know, that I can help, you know, help guide and mold. And, you know, right mm-hmm. now, I mean, everything feels like, you know, it's just it's it's just lined up in a really beautiful way, you mm-hmm. know. So I, you know, I'm hopeful that, you know, as my wife and I are, you know, are more self aware, not only f- for our own sake, but for our kids' sake. I mean, we'll just continue to see that just manifest and in our kids' lives. Yeah. So, Marissa, what are you proud of? Can I just say I'm proud of Matt and Holly's kids? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, this was this is hard for me um, because it I don't know it. I wasn't sure. Like I thought, okay, accomplishments, um, this or that. But for me, it came down to like, honestly, I'm proud when I can be authentic to who I am, who God made me, and uh-huh. then true to myself. And then most importantly, um, I'm not my feelings, so I can feel them, but uh, I can also let them go. Interesting. And so it's not a specific accomplishment, but like personally, when I'm proud is when I'm able to um, have a feeling, mm. um, but not mega size it yeah. <laughs> and realize that I'm not that and yeah. uh, process through it and let it go. I think I've done a lot of work in the last two years with yeah. all that uh, has gone on. And um, yeah, I think those are moments when I can do that. And then yeah. also moments where I can really just sort of self-care. Yeah. And then moments where um, I can challenge myself. That's where I start to kind of get most proud. Like I'm yeah. training, I um, shouldn't say this publicly, but I'm going to hopefully slog the Music th- City marathon next yeah. year so yeah. like accomplishment wise slog is slow jog that's right okay thank you slow i've never jog. heard that before there are pregnant I'm, women with strollers uh, who walk faster that. they right. walk faster than i slog <laughs> i'm proud of it but yeah so when i'm being my honest self when i'm being my true self mm-hmm. um when i'm authentic to who i am yeah um and when i can say to myself hey you're not your feelings yep you can have them and you can also let them go that's beautiful is there anything we didn't say about fours that y'all want to make sure we say i don't know I, we're funny we're you not are. always like we're oh not always like just not today. You're funny. Yes, you are. Tears right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, and we're also yes. You're not Eeyore. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We also like someone said this once, and I really resonated to it. Is that like yes, I have a lot of feelings, but I also use the left side of my brain too. Like, yes, we're yeah. intelligent seekers. Yeah. We're not just that. And I don't. Yes, I may think that I'm unique or special, but I see who God has made me to be. Yeah. I don't think that, ooh, I'm a big deal or that right. I'm bougie or anything like that. But you are. But yeah, you're bougie. I'm a little bougie, yeah, but don't do. tell anyone. Um, Did you see my bougie coffee mug today? Yes. yes. It, it's it's asymmetrically perfect. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. That's right. Um, okay. So the show is called That Sounds Fun. Did you have something else that came to your mind? Yeah, but we can. No, go. Say it. Uh what was I gonna say? I don't know. Sorry, you. Took oh, a breath I was right gonna say, I yeah, because when we talked about it on staff, it was kind of, it was a lot about, you know, how can we love fours better, or how can we lead them better, and that sort of thing. And I would say, for you know, a good chunk of my life, like for those who are like leading fours or in, in teams with fours and stuff like that, just realizing how much, how real the struggle is of, you know, your what you do becoming your identity. Yes. I mean, I think. I just, I, I don't believe that that was relegated to me and my struggle. Like, I just think, 
you know, we, we sort of say that very overarching about creatives in general, but I, I, just reading through the four and just if, if the thing I think about myself is truest for most fours is just identity is so huge, yeah. Yeah. you know, and constantly trying to, you know, just being patient with how they struggle with that, yeah. realizing that, I mean, most of the time you only feel as good as that last project or that last mm-hmm. idea or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, just as, you know, something Drew and I have really talked about recently, you know, in the last year, maybe two, is because I am at a, at a place of feeling, you know, sort of comfort and freedom in who I am as a four now, the default move for me is whenever we talk is actually, I'm, I'm not talking with you, Drew, so you can tell me like what I've done good this week. Just tell me what's not good so I can go out and work mm. on that. Okay. And he was really, you know, after some time, you know, realized like, that also can become a new abuse, you know, for a four mm. is to actually just set people up to not praise you yeah, a little bit yeah. and just to tell me like, actually, yeah, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Just yeah, help me be better. Just tell me actually uh, what's yikes. broken, yeah. you know, so that again, that's, yep. that's almost inviting the melancholy in, in a new way. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know, it's, it's kind of bizarre and a bit demented, but it very much, if I were to encourage, especially people leading fours and on yeah. teams with fours, to just be on the lookout for those two things. Yeah, that's good. I think um, sleeping at last. He yeah. said it best for me. Was His like, song is oh, the background of the show. Oh my gosh. His four song. So good. Yeah. Yeah, we're I using love each it. song for the show. But one thing that I like, I started crying and I was like, I'm a four. It says, um, like, uh, what if we what if we already are who we have been dying to become? Mm. And that was so powerful for me because it really related to my job. And I'm like, well, I need to be this, or I'm supposed to be this, or something's missing. Something's yeah, missing. Yeah. And it was like, what if I already am who God created me to become? Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, if you're leading a four, like just encourage them to be who God created them to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Like Chris Nichols, uh, my boss actually said to me, our campus pastor, he said, um, hey, God, God loves you for who you are and not what you do. And I really feel like he wants you to know that. And I was mm. like, dang. <laughs> you're like, get out my biz. <laughs> I, got, I got to go to my Bible. <laughs> but yeah, and I think that's the truth is kind of knowing who we are created to be and who yeah. we are versus what we do. Okay. Yep. Y'all are awesome. Okay, will you do the qu- fun question now? Bring it. What sounds fun to you? That's the name of the show. It's called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. Me? Yeah, you okay. go. Okay, um, so um, I think that I also have a little bit of seven in me because I got yes. really excited about this question. Okay, good. Um, but so the Vikings cruise, I've never been on a cruise, mm-hmm. uh, but there's one called the Vikings cruise. I've heard that you actually have to be 60 or older to go on it. Oh my God. <laughs> so so you're like, like, I'm in. I was like, I'm in because I'm an 80-year-old <laughs> and a 40-year-old yeah, exactly. body. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, a Vikings cruise or um, for someone to put me on a makeover show. Oh, okay. Uh, you know where they like say like, Oh, this dress doesn't fit you right, or something. Oh, like what not to wear? <laughs> yes, because I constantly feel like I'm in a state of forty where I can't like no longer forever twenty one, but there's no longer like forever happy and forty. Yeah, you, you don't know? want you're and, not like ready to quite jump to yeah. Talbots. Maybe thank you. Too old for Though Talbots. Some people might enjoy Talbots. Talbots. You're great. not ready for Talbots. Not ready for cachet. I'm trying really hard to keep up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Sorry. So yeah, makeover show or Vikings cruise. Okay, Matt. What sounds fun to you? I mean, you know I love going to Disney all the time. Yes. I mean, so there's that. Always Disney. Always Disney. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, if you want to know what to get me, you know, at any point in time, just, you know, Disney something. Anything Disney. You know, yeah, half a day at a park. Like, okay. I'll make it work. Well, today um, we're giving you a copy of the Enneagram game. So oh, okay. called the Ennea game from Richard Goff and his buddies. So, there you go. Um, so that's not Disney, but that's a, that's a start. But I think, you know, I don't know. I really want to see the world. 
you know, I, okay. so what sounds fun to me right now? Is, Next gift. You've got a flight. You can go wherever you want. Where's the first city? Oh, uh, you know, my wife makes fun of me about this, but I'm, I'm such a sucker for the sound of music. Like I want to go spend Christmas like in Austria. Okay. Like I want to be there for a month. I want to eat local food. I want to, you know, I want the hills to be alive with the sound of me. I, mean, I yeah. want all that stuff. Okay. So I would love to be in Austria for Christmas. That's so There's bizarre. a Vikings no, cruise that goes through there. <laughs> in case you're wondering. Oh my gosh, you're about oh. to cruise together, your family. <laughs> Come on, Holly, let's do yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, there's a Florida Georgia Line song about that. I don't think yeah, that's what they meant. That's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you guys. I love oh, you. I'm grateful. Thank you, Annie. Oh, friends, listen, I cry almost every episode, but we really did it on this one. We really did it with the fours. No one is surprised. I'm so thankful for Matt and Marissa. I just love what fours offer us as the rest of us that are not fours. Just this opportunity to connect with our deepest emotions, to sit with us in them, to feel them with us, and and to see the creativity of God in a different person than us. I'm just, oh, I'm so grateful. Matt and Marissa, I love you guys. I'm really, really thankful for you. Hey, if you are a four, share this episode with your friends so that we can all better understand how to talk to you, how to love you, and what is going on in your head. And if you love a four, you could share this episode with them as well. If you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs all across the internet, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you need me. F as in favorite, because today those fours are my favorites. I just love them. So if you need to find me, that's how you can find me. Hey, and don't forget, this is the week that we have a surprise podcast dropping for you because we can't skip by Father's Day like it ain't a thing. So we've got a podcast coming before Thursday. So make sure you subscribe so you do not miss our special Father's Day episode on Wednesday. And then we'll be back here Thursday with our Enneagram Fives. You guys, wait for this show. You will, I mean, mind-blowing. The Fives one is is just wow, just wow. So we will see you back here on Wednesday, and then we'll see you back here on Thursday with our Enneagram Fives. You guys have a great day. We will see you back here this week. Bye.